Well, what a week it's been. It's been chock full of the most incredible portrait shoots, the most lovely clients, and just one or two hearing dogs. I'm Paul, and this is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. Well, I really hope that the intro tune uh, is about the right volume uh, for Tony B and everybody else. Thank you for those of you who uh, emailed in and let me know the volume levels that you preferred. Uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, I got it right. This week, there's been an awful lot going on, some of which uh, is under embargo for a while, but I have had the opportunity to meet one or two very cool people. Cannot wait to tell you about those, but in this particular interview... Uh, this came at the end of a portrait shoot. I was photographing a wonderful character called Annie Obi. She's an author, a coach, a speaker, uh, and an all-round lovely person. Uh, at the end of the shoot, we were having such a ball <laughs> during the shoot that I simply collared her and said, uh, would she like to come onto the podcast? And without bothering to book a different day, we simply, when we, when we finished the shoot, we wandered downstairs, set up the mics, and recorded us having a chat. And this is that interview. Enjoy. This is an unscripted, unrehearsed podcast. And for that, any I can only apologise. But you were willing, you were able, you had the time. And so for the first time since lockdown, I'm doing a face-to-face interview. Sat here in our studio and it's just lovely to have someone in front of me. We've got the microphone set up, the candles are still lit. It's the perfect afternoon. I'm living the perfect life and I suspect that's quite apt. So any, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about living the perfect life. Isn't that what we'd all like to do? So hello everybody, my name is Ene Obi and I am an author, a speaker and a coach. I am the author of the best-selling book, Your Life is Calling, which has a foreword by Les Brown. And I am also a contributing author to a new best-selling book called You Are Enough, also co-authored by Les Brown. So for almost three decades, I worked in the corporate world. I had what many would call dream jobs. I had a good life on paper. I worked in human resources for some of the most recognizable global brands, including Visa, HSBC, AstraZeneca, Goldman Sachs, and Shell. And in that journey, as I created the corporate life and as I, as I lived the corporate dream, I lost myself Now, I don't know when the dream, the corporate dream came to an end, and I certainly don't know when it turned into a nightmare, but it did. What I do know, Paul, what I do know is that for a long time, my body would go to work, but my soul, my soul stayed at home. But because of a lack of a lack of self-belief, a lack of courage, a lack of self-awareness, I didn't know that I could do more than what I'd done already. So I stayed in in what I now know was my comfort zone. I stayed stuck until one day in January 2020 when life forced me to get out of my own way. And I remember that day very clearly. I sat in a meeting with a very senior business leader where I worked and the meeting didn't go 
it didn't go well at all, to be honest. I, what I remember was that I delivered my update and then he started to he started to shout basically and I remember it was a very small room and I remember the walls of the small room were vibrating, bouncing because of the noise from this senior business leader. I remember that beads of sweat ran down my face. I remember that my hands were shaking and my head was pounding. And I remember at one point my mouth opened. I, I couldn't have trusted what would have come out. But I didn't need to worry because all of a sudden my mouth closed and I heard a very still voice, a very quiet voice in my head. It said, not today. And that was the day, Paul. That day I got up, I left. And when I say I left, I don't mean I left a meeting. I don't mean I left a building. I don't mean I left a job. I mean I left that chapter of my life. I mean I walked to the next version of me. How did you feel the day after that? Gosh, that's a good question. The day after that, I, I said to myself, now what? Now what? So I was scared. I was scared because I had walked away from something that I, that I felt, as I said, was all I knew how to do. But on the other hand, I knew, I knew like I knew, even though I didn't have any tangible evidence, I knew that there was more. And that day I knew that I owed it to myself to find out what that more was, find out what the yearnings in my heart were calling me to. So it was with a mixture of, of fear, to be honest, but also excited anticipation. How did you go about setting your direction after that? Because clearly you didn't just arrive in a senior role in HR. <laughs> you had a pathway up to that. You had a career, you had training, you've moved uh, nations as much as anything else. You're from Nigeria originally, that's your family background. So you come to London, you forged this incredible career in, in what sounds certainly in a story, sounds like the blink of an eye you've decided enough. And then there's silence. How did you feel the silence? How did you decide what was going to be next? It seems like, first of all, let me just respond to that. It feels like it was in the blink of an eye. I don't think it was. Yeah. I think there, were, there, there was always, there were yearnings that built up over time. I just ignored the voices in my head because like I said, I thought I'd done, I thought I was doing all I could do, all I, all I knew how to do. So I ignored the voices, um, but the voices got, it, they got so loud. They got, they, it, it got to a point where the, the fear of regret, I think it was, became louder, became greater than the fear of failure. But how did I, how did I then go about stepping into my next? I took a long time discovering who I was. To be honest, I went back. I almost went, I almost pressed, it was like I pressed the reset button on my life. I went back to, well, who are you? Before the world told you who you were, who were you? Who were you born to be? Who were you created to be? What are your gifts and what are your talents? And I discovered, Paul, that I had gifts that I didn't even realize I had. So it was a journey of self-discovery. And that's what led me to write my book. My book is called Your Life is Calling, and it's written for people who know that in spite of whatever success they're living in their life, 
they know that there's more and they know they have a voice in their head that's saying to them, there's more, there's more. And it's saying, listen to that voice because that is the voice of possibilities. <laughs> that is the voice of, of your future. So how old were your two boys at this point? My two boys were 21 and 25. Okay, so it's good that they were sort of grown up and uh, 21 and 25 and they're boys. I was about to say completely independent, but they're boys and they're 21 and 25. So <laughs> with, I've got a 19-year-old boy and I'm not convinced that independence is anytime soon. Uh, how did they react and how did your husband react to this uh, dramatic change in direction? You ask really great questions. I think I think the fear of telling my my husband for sure was one of the things that held me back because I wasn't sure how he would take it because my husband is very very analytical and very logical and I think he would have expected he would have it's not the kind of thing he would do he doesn't he he wouldn't he wouldn't leave security for I have a dream go back to work that is your dream right you know what I mean <laughs> your dream belongs at work go back and find it so I think I think to be honest it it I think that was that was probably why it took me a long time to to step out in faith just the fear of what I would say to my husband I should also say really quickly this is a really good point um, to say this I did step out of the corporate world in 2000, in the year 2000. The reason why I have almost three decades of corporate experience is because for three years, I stepped out in, from between 2000 and almost 2004 to set up a shop and that shop failed miserably. Oh, really? Miserably, leaving us thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds in debt. So it's important to say that as a backdrop the conversation about telling my husband and my and my children my sons were fine my sons my sons felt and still feel and my husband actually I had I, re I realized I had no reason to fear telling my husband but my sons from day one said you've got to follow your dream yeah. I think because of the the age that they're born into they're very aware of of fulfillment and meaning and happiness in a way that people of my generation may not necessarily be because yeah. we 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 tend well for whatever reason where where they are a lot more aware of people being happy in life yeah. where i'm a lot i'm i focus more on is it a good job is it secure does it give you what you need financially and after all those questions then yeah. comes well are you happy and if you're not happy, oh, well, suck it up. Don't worry. You know what I mean? And I thought that, that would be my husband's approach, if I'm to be honest. But he said to me, you know what? You've really worked very, very hard to get, to, the, to get the boys to where they are today. And I can't ask any more of you. It's time for you to go out and find, find what makes you happy. And here we are today. So what was the shop? It was a children's wear shop. Was it? I bet, it had full of, I bet it was full of really cool stuff though, wasn't it? I think so. <laughs> I think so. But it was, it was, it was obviously exposed to the, to the extremities of, 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 of the high street. And so on, I found, what I found was on a really nice day, nobody was out shopping for clothes because yeah. they were out yeah, enjoying yeah. themselves. On a sun, on a rainy day, Nobody's out shopping for clothes because we're at home, you know, protect, protecting themselves from the rain. So it was like I was between the devil and the deep blue sea. And I understand now why so many shops on the high street struggle. Yeah. 
I was one of those. I struggled and I failed. Yeah. The business failed. What lessons did you take out of that into what you're now doing? The biggest lesson I took out of it was I will not pay rent and rates until my business is fully established. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, <laughs> that was a shorter answer than I was expecting. I was expecting you to wax lyrical. All, I'm sorry. That's all right. All afternoon we've been shooting and taking pictures and I've never known you deliver a short sentence. <laughs> oh dear, I'm not sure that's good. No, because, because that, is, that, is, that was my biggest lesson. Because I do believe that if we had the, if we had social media and the internet the way we have now, I think my shop could would have stood a chance yeah. if I could have taken it online. Yeah. It was rents and rates that killed it because yeah. there was there was enough coming in for for the daily cash flow activities is the rent and yeah. rates that killed it. And it doesn't matter whether you're having a bad day or a good day, the rent and rates are exactly the same. It's Absolutely. Not, it's not like your corporation tax and your income tax and um, uh, what is the, the PAYA and everything else that goes with it. They're relative to your success, but your rates indeed, and your indeed, rent. Indeed. I couldn't say to my landlord, oh, you know what, landlord, for the past three weeks, I haven't taken anything. It's like... How does that become my problem? Yeah, it's really tough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Scarily so. That's a, that's a real shame. But at what point then? So obviously you, you said that failed within a couple of years. And then how did you go about picking yourself up from that and saying, right, okay, here's what I'm going to do now? That is a story in itself. I, I, I am. <laughs> well, that's, that's good because that's now not a one line answer. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not a one line answer. I'm ashamed to say that I had many nights where I genuinely considered taking my own life no, at that point. Really? Yes, yes. Things things got really, really bad because I was I was beaten. I was broken. I was in debt, and I was out of my debt. Out of my debt. I had we. I had more debt than I could ever think of repaying and all the debt I had was personal credit I took it all on personal credit and I was I was way way out of my depth to be honest and so on a a good number of occasions I I did actually consider doing something foolish it wasn't until my mum said to me just think about your boys because my boys were still obviously very young then. And my mom said, think about your boys and think who best is there to look after them than you, whether you're broke or not, who best is there in this world to look after your sons. That was what really brought me back to life to make me think I've got everything to fight for. You know, how dare I allow one fine bad experience but still one bad experience to knock me out i'm not ready for life if that happens so i picked myself up it took time i'm not gonna lie it took time and i went back i found a job fortunately for me i was able to get a job within a few a few months of looking and i will say something actually paul that was that was in spite of all the trials and tribulations that that experience brought it made me appreciate my marriage and my husband and made me realize that he really is a keeper. And I, we, I still joke with him. I still say to him, I say to him, oh, you can stay. I said, you can stay. You've seen me through my words. You can stay. I'm not going to kick you out. I say to him, but seriously, I say that jokingly, but it really made me realize 
that I have so much to be thankful for. He sounds like a, a really lovely guy, I have to say, from the conversations we've been having during the day. So he's an architect. So Originally. Originally, originally okay. yes. yes that's yes. what he trained as. That's what he trained at. So he went to the University of Nottingham yep. and then he did his uh, REBA qualification. Uh, but he, he left he left architecture, sadly, and he's now he now works in private equity, which is like investment banking sort of thing. You have a family of people in the financial industry around you and you, you're there busily following your dream <laughs> and they've all gone into finance absolutely well some, someone someone's got to, got to pay the yeah, bills that's right, right. <laughs> i didn't like to say that <laughs> so, you definitely married a keeper hold on to him I didn't marry the keeper, uh, yes. you keep following your dreams and publishing books and he'll keep working in equity finance uh, so so your mum talked you out of it and then you went and got another job and what was that job? That was at HSBC, also in human Back resources. In HR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the time, it sounds, it feels to me anyway, that you were, that wasn't what you wanted to keep doing. But obviously, needs must. I mean, all of us have the same problem, and particularly now with everything that's happened with COVID, you know, whatever you need to turn your hand to. Um, but how did you go about planning exit from that because there's no way having I mean I say I know you I don't know you I've been talking to you all afternoon um but you strike me as someone that wouldn't have gone into that role thinking oh I'm back into HR for the rest of my life it strikes me that you're someone who wants that germ of an idea stepping out and doing something exciting for you emotionally I can't imagine that wasn't still in your head how did you put that alongside your job and how did you plan your way through it so that you did eventually get to do what you wanted gosh you're very intuitive Paul you're absolutely right so I don't think I planned it consciously right. to be honest I think it was it always remained a dream as I said and I think the yearnings I was able to quieten the yearnings because I knew I had had a a stint in in as an entrepreneur and I I felt that I had failed. Mm -hmm. I know now that it wasn't me who failed. It was the business who failed, uh, oh, which, sorry, which failed. That's a very, but that's a very, that's a, you tripped over that line like it was not there. You didn't fail. I didn't fail. You had the, a business The that business failed. failed. And yeah. I think, I mean, bearing in mind, I think two thirds of the audience of this podcast are professional photographers. That's a line I'm going to just re reiterate again. We're not going to dwell on it necessarily. You you didn't fail. You didn't fail. You had a business that did. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think there's that decoupling from your business is really hard. It's Sorry, hard, I, but it's important. True. It's important. But the thing is, I mean, certainly as a photographer, so you just spent the afternoon working with me, so you know my heart is on my sleeve, and that's true of all creative people. And I would guess your husband, when he was working as an architect, would have said the same. Um, it's very hard to draw the distinction between the person and the business because they are so intertwined, so synonymous, that when one fails, you both fail. Very hard, that psychology. How did you, how did you go about getting that straight in your head? I didn't. It took a long time. <laughs> I've, only I've only just realised. I felt, I felt like I was a failure. Right. I've only just learn that actually no because the thing is Paul if you if you think that you're a failure it's very hard to get back up yeah. your self-worth your self-esteem your self-confidence your self-belief you're dented and you feel that you are not worthy right to be honest and I think it's very important for for our mindset 
and for our to 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 protect us, we need to frame things in the way that allows us to be who we are, but still reach for our greatness and not allow obstacles and challenges to break us. Because in life, we can easily get broken by the distractions and the crisis and the setbacks. I mean, think about what what we've just what we're still going through. For God's sake, in the past, because of what sixteen, eighteen months in the world, it's very easy to allow yourself to get sucked up. Yep. You do need to realize that you you we go through we might go through you know challenges, we might go through bad experiences, but we're bigger than those experiences, and that's what helps to kind of, as you say, to decouple to say it was a bad experience that happened to me, but I'm not a bad I'm not a bad experience. Yeah. Right. But what's interesting is. From where I'm sitting is you strike me as an emotions led person. Your husband, as you proclaimed, and my dad was like that, very logical, very analytical. And yet what you've managed to do is somehow step back from the emotion. I'm a failure. I have failed. I'm not worthy. And managed to apply what is much more like your husband, actually, logic. But how did you do that? Because that's very... I could be wrong on this, but I, it feels that that would have been quite alien to you. Yes, you're 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 absolutely right. I think somewhere deep down, I do have. I should I should have said at the start, even though I worked in human resources for almost three decades, I'm a trained accountant. Oh, okay. So I actually do have an analytical bone in my body. Right. Somewhere in my body, yeah, yeah, I do yeah. have. I do have. <laughs> so so, but but you're you're right. It's um it's 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 certainly not what is not my default position. Yeah. What's helped me to, to get to where I am today? Went back to human resources and was no happier than I was before. I, I went back, as you said, because needs must. We needed to pay our bills. I needed to get out of debt. Yep, yep. Um, that happened within, within five years of going back to work. We managed to pay off all our debts. And we haven't till, what, 15 years later, had a single mortgage sorry single loan apart from our residential mortgage we have one residential mortgage and nothing else i will not touch debt <laughs> so that's another lesson right you asked me about the lessons from my business yeah. but then what what helped me was what led me is the awareness that even though i was back at work the debt was paid off i was no happier yeah so i i i realized that I, I owed it to myself. And also when I turned 50, there's something about a milestone age. I turned 50 and I thought to myself, I don't want to live the rest of my life regretting not giving my, my dream a chance. I didn't even know what my dream was. I just knew that what I was doing was not it. Yep. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I thought to myself, so you're going to do this. You're going to get to a, the age of 65. They're going to retire and then die. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> but I thought I thought is that all you've got to look forward to? Is yeah. this is this going to be your life? And I knew that that was not the way I wanted to live my life. I want to I want to work till I'm till I'm literally in the grave because I'm enjoying doing yes. what I'm doing because I'm full of fulfillment and happiness and impact and meaning and contribution. Right? So I knew I needed to find what my what my special gift was. And so when I left, when I left the corporate world in January of 2020, I went on a six month self-discovery program. 
And it wasn't until July I discovered, I stumbled upon what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Which is? That is to help people discover their meaning, their fulfillment, see more of the possibilities and the potential. So my, my mission is to help particularly professional women, corporate women, because that's, that's yep. where I've come from, yep. who know that there's more that they can do, who desire more, pot- more potential, to see more of their potential, who desire more fulfillment, who desire more meaning, who want to live a life that's authentic to them. And I help them discover what that is and so they can create the next chapter of their lives. Beautiful. Uh, what made you write a book? <laughs> That's in the, all day, all day, you haven't failed to chuck words back at me except for a one-liner a couple of minutes ago and now a deep breath. I wanted to leave my footprint. Right. I wanted to have something that people can read and digest and understand. And I should say, when I decided to write my book, I think this is why it took me a while to, to, to answer the question. The book morphed over time. Right. The, the, initial, the initial image of the book was, a, was a, what I called a dream book. So a book of inspirational messages and quotes and right. lessons that people would have on their nightstand, on their bedside table yeah. and read just to give themselves hope. But when I, when I spoke to my coach, she said to me, with the life that you've led, I don't think so. Your stories have to go into that book. And boy, am I glad that she did. I should say, I will say, I'll share. I had a lot of resistance and we actually, we tussled back and forth with this because I just wasn't ready for my story or my stories even to go into the book. But eventually I saw the light and she was 100% correct because it's the stories that connect me with people. There's the stories that people say to me, oh my God, I didn't know you, you went through that. I share the story of my of my business failure in 2000. And it, it attracts people who are going through yeah. a business failure. Yeah. And they're saying to me, oh my God, tell me what you did to get you out of that mess because I'm there right now. So I'm thinking, how dare I not want to put my story in the book? Because it's this same, I keep saying story, my stories in the book, because it's these stories that help me to help people, that help people to see that, I have lived the life that you're living. I have gone through it. I can help you. I've got the experience. I also share this story in a lot of detail about my the day I I saw the light in that <laughs> in that business meeting. And again, I find I get calls from corporate women saying, you know, I don't know who you are, but I read your story and that resonates with me. I understand how you feel. I'm going through the same thing. Can we can we can we speak? So I, I realize that my stories are not a burden. They're a weapon. I use them as a weapon to, to turn around and throw a lifeline and help to people who are coming, coming behind me, coming through the same journey that I have, I have walked, walked through. And did you enjoy actually writing the book? I loved writing did it. Did you? <laughs> I it's, did. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? As you've got deadlines and advances and all of those things looming. I did. Yes, you're absolutely right. I had, I did have some very tight deadlines, but I enjoyed the process and I loved working with my, with my book coach and it was an absolute, absolute joy. And that's another thing. That's another gift. I realized that I discovered that I had 
writing books. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's, it? There's very few things I'm grateful that I learned, but touch typing is one of them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I can still shuffle out 70 words a minute. There you go. Exactly. Uh, you can do that. It's amazing how much you can get done. Absolutely. Uh, actually, I'm not sure I could run that many images. Uh, I'm going to switch the subject a little bit now to what we were doing this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, this is the Mastering Portrait Photography podcast. Yes. Uh, and while it isn't really about photography all of the time, I thought there were some things that have popped up today that were made me curious. Uh, so today, obviously, we've been taking what we would call, I suppose, euphemistically personal branding images for you. <laughs> I don't know how many different words there are for it. Headshots, portraits, personal branding, darling. <laughs> uh, and I was laughing. We spent some time laughing today about the emails that went back and forwards between yourself and my lovely Michelle, who works for us, uh, where we sent examples of what we did. And you sent a critique back that said, no, no, not those. Uh, and sent me sent me on a little bit of a ferret round for some other stuff. What I'm curious about is, in the end, you did come to us. You did like our photography. What I guess I'm trying to get to is, for the photographers out there listening, what was it that's useful to see on a website that would draw you to use that photographer's services? Okay. So what, what made me choose you, Paul? Yeah, this is, isn't, this isn't meant to be a big thing about blowing smoke up my... No, 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 no. No, but it's, it's, it's valid, it's t- though. It's, t- it's, t- it's tips for photography. Exactly. Was the fact that even though, you've just said it, even though the, the, the images I was sent were not exactly what I was looking for, I knew that if you could do those then you can do what I was looking for. Ah, does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not so much about the, is it a 100% correlation? No, but does it need to be? No. Can he take, and I looked at your website, I saw the different collages and images of different people and different styles and themes. And I'm thinking if he has the breath of creativity and vision to do these, then he'll understand what I want to do. And that to me was 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 the important thing. And I also read the the reviews from from your past clients. Remind me to thank my past clients <laughs> and pay them as well, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, listen, I'm getting a review from you, famous best-selling author. You know, uh, it has been it's been a funny afternoon because essentially we have barreled our way through nearly all of those styles. <laughs> we've i don't know how many different types of photography we've hit this afternoon uh but it's been an an absolute ball uh i was just going to ask you in fact i was going to get you i won't do it but to flick through some of the pictures off the back of the camera but given you've kind of done a little bit of that what is it when you pick out so you i watched you scrolling backwards and forwards and then you'd land on one i love that you did it a couple of times what is it when you're looking at yourself that makes that the picture that you'd pick out Wow. Good, good, good question. I'm going to go back to what my coach said to me. And I'm going to go back to what you, what you raised a couple of minutes ago, which is why I didn't want, why I wasn't so keen on some of the headshots that I was sent. Reason is my coach used, said it brilliantly. She says, you want pictures that represent where you're going, not where you've been. And the pictures that I saw, now to answer your question specifically, the pictures that I've, I, I picked out, that I spotted, I fell in love with, were those that looked like me. They reflected who I am, but they also represented 
where I am going. They represent what my what my future, what my ideal client will expect me to look like. Yeah. And that's exactly what I mean when I say, so that my, my response actually answers two things. One, I knew that you could, you could deliver on that and you have. And then two, to answer your question about what I spotted, I spotted that you had actually delivered on that. I mean, I mean, this afternoon has just been hilarious. It's been, <laughs> I'm honestly exhausted. I'm sitting here having spent a couple of hours working with you as a photographer and now sitting here interviewing you. And it's, it's just, it's a thrill for me because it's been so energetic and so positive, so dynamic, you know, Good and word. It's a, it was, a, it's just been heavenly, you know, which is why I asked you, had you got the time after the shoot to, to come and stay? Um, and, and talk to me on the podcast because your story, and you didn't tell me all of the story during the shoot. Some of that's just, and I'm sure there's much more besides. And so I'll have to get you back to do some more, do some more personal branding. And I write to your coach. Uh, I think it's all right. Feel free to say we need to add one in and uh, we'll do that shoot next week. Because uh, it's just, an, it's an absolute joy. It's really nice to be surrounded by energetic people. And I think I'm kind of coming to the end of the podcast, but I wanted to ask you, how do you deal with negativity around you? Because it's fine being a positive person. It's fine being energetic and dynamic and driven and having dreams and aspirations. That's all fine. They all sit inside you. But it doesn't take a lot for someone or the people around you to help it leach away. And given some of your story involved you digging very deep, and I'm no doubt at all that there were voices around you saying, Told you it wouldn't work. Come back to HR. <laughs> you We've just, got your seat waiting yeah, for you. Yeah, you just know as they're dusting it off. Hello. <laughs> How do you, what, what have you learned about dealing with those kinds of voices? So mm, another great question. <laughs> another great question. I have learned to be very protective of my emotional space. I'm very protective of my emotional space. There's some things I have learned to do or not do. I'm very protective of who I allow around me. And I mean that seriously. I'm very protective of, I, I, invest, I invest a lot in, in, in mind, mind sets stuff. What do I mean by that? I read inspirational books. I listen to inspirational podcasts and messages. I watch inspirational programs and movies. I very rarely will watch something that isn't uplifting, i.e. I don't watch the news. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm serious. I, I really, I really immerse myself in positive and uplifting um, teachings, messages, words. I, I, I protect, I protect my emotional space, my personal space from who I engage with. Yep. Anything that I perceive to be potentially uh, draining, I remove myself from because I, I don't want to have to fight the battle because it's a mindset battle. Yeah. So I protect what my mind is exposed to. Yeah. Those are the two things I say I do really. I really, I invest, I invest in my, in my, in my personal growth and I protect myself from who and what I have around me. It's very important. And I also, I'm also aware 
Paul that there will always be challenges and setbacks in life and it's all about how you respond to that. Yeah. So that's another thing. I try not to react. I try to respond. What does that mean? I change my perspective whenever I can. So I try to see the positive or focus on the positive as hard as that is. And it is hard. But I try. How do I do that? I look around me for what I have to be grateful for in my life. And when I do, I realize that actually I have so much more going for me than what I have going against me. There's one more thing, sorry. I remind, <laughs> you see, you see, you, 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 I just can't stop talking now. I remind myself of the challenges I have experienced in life and I, how, how I overcame them. And that gives me hope. And that gives me an anchor, a reference point to say, if I could get through those, Oh, I can get through whatever's coming. Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Uh, I have to say, uh, there's so much that in, in uh, hearing what you're saying, I hear in my head, you know, and I'm forever grateful for the clients I have. And here they are sitting <laughs> in Aww. front of me. Aww. Well, today's been living my best life. I was joking with you today during the shoot because we have laughed and literally the sun is shining. I've had two just beautiful clients, an, an existing long-standing client in the morning, and then you walked into our lives this afternoon. And I hope, I hope you don't become a stranger, genuinely, because it has been <laughs> an absolute bore. Uh, and yeah, you're so right. You surround yourself with people who you'd really like to work with. And I have no idea how the karma gods, if that's such a thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably mixing things there. Can you have karma and gods? I have no idea. I've probably just screwed that up royally. Uh, but whatever the karma is, that's uh, delivering really beautiful people into my life. Thank you, one and all. Uh, at the end of every podcast, I have asked, I'm going to straighten my pop shield. <laughs> at the end of every podcast, I ask whoever's sitting in front of me to nominate a book that can be added to our ever-growing library of interesting reads that photographers might find inspirational, motivational, interesting, useful. It doesn't really matter. Now, I'm going to kind of box you in a corner and tell you you are going to put your own book in it because that would be a little bit stupid I think <laughs> is to have an author of a best-selling book and then not get her to use that book that would just be daft so I'm going to ask you uh, to again reiterate the title of your book and tell uh, me I suppose a little bit about what you can expect if you read it absolutely my book is called your life is calling how to do you and live without regret. The main title is Your Life is Calling. It has a foreword written by Les Brown, the Les Brown, if you're familiar with the motivational speaking world. He's literally the god of the industry. And I was very fortunate to have him agree to write my foreword. The book takes you on a journey, what I call a self-discovery journey to your greatness, to your future, to your to the yearnings in your heart. And it is a four-step process. I start with identifying who you are, who are you? Because for so many of us, we don't even, we don't know who we are anymore. You know, life has pushed us and shoved us and we've had some beatings from life. <laughs> and we no longer, we look in the mirror and we say, you know, how did, how did I become this person? Who am I? So, I believe that for you to before you can before you can discover your future before you can step into your future before you can discover your greatness you first need to know who you are. So we start with who are you, and and there 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 are lots of um there are lots of uh, what's there are lots of quotes 
and there are lots of um, questions, workbook questions. There's also a workbook, by the way, which I should have mentioned. Workbook questions, so questions on that require reflection, quiet reflection, that in answering them, you begin to unearth bits of you, parts of you that you, that you may not have realized have been hidden, buried deep within you. The next chapter is titled, Be You. And that is developing your self-belief to know that whatever you, whatever you've been through, you are actually bigger than your challenges and you, and you need the mental, what we've just been talking about, you need to develop the mental resolve to bet on you. So it's developing that mindset to be all of who that you can be. And then we talk about love you. Love you is understanding your self-worth, your self-value. Love you is knowing that you are in fact enough, not in spite of your imperfections, but because of your imperfections. And then finally it's do you, where we create this next chapter of our life and we develop the conviction to take the daily action steps to be our authentic selves. Yeah, you've clearly practiced the speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I like the delivery then, where you take the steps to be yourself. I love, I love the rhythm and the delivery. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, well, I have to say thank you. What an, it's been a joy. All afternoon I've laughed. All afternoon we've created some magic. You look amazing. It's been my pleasure and a real privilege to photograph you and then spend a bit of time chatting with you. And I mean that genuinely. I shall skip down the road for a well-earned beer, I think, uh, and probably beat myself up because that's actually what photographers do. I shall worry about all the things I've done wrong, all the things I've said wrong. Uh, but at the end of it, uh, I just think there's a little bit of joy arrived in our studio this afternoon uh, and I'm very, very happy about it. Uh, the book is called Your Life is Calling. I will put links to that in the podcast notes down below. You know, as always, I will do that. And I will also purchase it here. Actually, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to purchase no, it. No, I'm going to send you a signed copy. Uh, you're going to send will me do. a signed, send copy, a signed that's copy that's going to sit pride of place. And then I'm going to read my way through it. Uh, what an absolute pleasure. I'd like to say thank you to any Obey, who's just been a delight to have in the studio. Thank you for listening right to the end of this episode. Hopefully it was interesting or at least a welcome distraction from whatever it was that you were actually meant to be doing. If you've enjoyed it, please do subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and please, please, please feel free to leave us a review. We honestly do read them all, even if there's no obvious way for us to leave you a reply. And head over to masteringportraitphotography.com where you'll find a whole heap of content, all of it dedicated to the art, the craft and the business of portrait photography. And as ever, if you'd like to contact me directly, please just email paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. That's paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. And whatever else, remember, be kind to yourself. Take care.